Beware, beware, beware of the big green dragon that sits on your doorstep. He eats little boys, Bobby Duck tails, big fat snails. Beware, take care. Smile. You're already here, why don't you stay a while? Kick back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, but that ain't all. One short and smooth and one is hairy and tall. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and then drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week and all the horror stuff that they think is neat. Hanging loose through in ridiculous read. Not cause we deserve it, cause it's what we need. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff. With Chris and John Wayne, I, of course, am John Wayne. With me, as always, is the lovely, the talented, the bearded Christopher Triana. Christopher, what's up, dude? Hello, hello. How you doing? I'm great. You know, it's fine and dandy. How are you? In the in the, is it pretty cold there? Uh, are you getting it's that nor'easter? Absolutely freezing. Uh, yeah, we did. Um, yeah, it's probably about eight degrees right now. It's it's very Ooh, cold. Number eight. Number eight. Mm. And speaking of number eight, we have uh, the th- the fourth sec- segment of our new series, which is half of eight. Uh, the number is. <laughs> wow, what a when you, segue. When you really get to. I'm a Segway master. You know I'm a Segway master, dude. You know that's part of the reason why I've won the yes. Segway award two years in a row. Uh, so let me do my thing. <laughs> so speaking of number four, we have the number four guest uh, uh, on our series. He's not the number four guest. He's just the fourth one on. Perhaps one of our favorite guests. I can tell you this, one of my mother's all-time favorite guests, and we'll talk about that in a minute. This is a fine gentleman. He's been on the podcast before. Uh, he is coming to us from across the pond. Again, we are worldwide, people. If you didn't realize this, Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne goes world wide baby and that's how we do it so without further ado he is an author he is an awesome dude he is here with us fan favorite jonathan butcher welcome sir thank you for joining us thank you very much for having me back uh, good evening and good morning to you and i'm guessing good afternoon to you chris yes. oh that's cool good morning that is weird and good evening <laughs> yeah yes. we are spread across the time zones again mm-hmm. um as far as this goes which is cool Indeed. Yeah, no, I, I loved last time, and I did actually want to uh, apologize because I think I, I ripped on Friday the 13th in the last one, and I have since 
watched some and there's there's some pretty good deaths uh some pretty good kills and yeah i, I take oh. back a bit of that like mild oh. vitriol that i held out last time okay oh, good okay i'm glad i'm glad you said that because i now we can like probably next like 40 minutes worth of what the show was going to be so now that you've yeah. apologized yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that saves us a lot of time um yeah, but what I said earlier, you know, my mom uh, is an avid listener of the show and, and, and you know, always checking in with what Chris and I are up to. And when you were on the show last time, uh, you know, I talked to her and she's like, who was that guy? That he was so funny. You guys were having such a good time. I just was laughing, John Wayne. It was now her all time favorite guests are the Crystal Sisters, Kira and Ashley. So they're always going to be that number one seat. Because uh, she loves them because they but, really make me look stupid when they're on the show, and she likes that. Uh, but they were funny. they were on they were on your show. They weren't on our show. No, they were on my show. Yeah, so yeah. she's like the all time. Fa- you're the all time favorite guest of her on this show. But yes, yeah. it's just so the accent. The, That's all it is. That's you got the mom. It's your charm, your charisma. <laughs> you know all of it, dude. All of it. You're you're getting you're getting you know the the panties the weight the states panties are wet because of you, dude. Are you Clearly, about because your we just stopped. I know. Being I was like, wet. Like, <laughs> Not just, well, not just mine, not mother. just my mother's, not just my mother's. Yes, all panties. You know, there's other panties getting wet because of you. You even told us you're getting married to an American woman. You're telling me that there's not other panties wet besides my mother's for you. You Let's, tell me. Can we can we back up and, and not do this? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> oh, we're off to a great start. Uh, Aren't we always? Page. Yes. This has immediately become your mum's favorite now. It's beaten the Dr. Giggles episode. Oh, just she's going to love. She's going to love the shit out of this. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris, any more adventures in uh, Blissland for you that you want to oh, yeah. talk about before we uh, <laughs> before we go forward? But because well, before you do, I want to listen to you, but I also am going to light this joint while I do. And this is a Tommy Chong joint, uh, by the way. That's um, so funny because I was just about to say this show is be- we're slowly becoming Cheech and Chong talking about pot every episode. Well, we this is only the second episode that we've talked about it, but you know, it could be. No, but, uh, no, no. It's, it's the third in a row now. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's fine. No, no, it's true. Cause uh, remember we were talking about it with, uh, with Barry talking about like where it's legal and where it's not. He's in Colorado. That's so this right. Is the and then we went time. off with Whitney. Well, it's yeah, just a new yeah. segment. It's called Weed Talk. Yeah. Uh, no, I got a good vibes joint yesterday from Tommy Chong and I'm going to uh, save it for the, uh, the show here. It's this has got a good twenty six percent THC. That's very nice and high. Um, and I also wanted to fill you in. I I have uh, been searching for the Urkel weed. It is not within fifty miles of Las Vegas right now because mm-hmm. I have a, a tracker thing that show, tells me where no different shit. weeds come up. Yeah, you, you have a, so you have a tracker on Urkel's weed. Well, don't you? <laughs> I'm just now learning that that's a thing. Like that's so like man. Yeah, is that weed app is or something? So high- yeah, well, you get so yeah, you get a now. you get an app called Weed Maps, and it and it'll tell you <laughs> like you where. Serious? I'm totally 100 percent serious. There's a couple apps I have. One's called Leafly, which you can look up the strains, and it'll tell you like what everything about it, like every all information, and like where it could be found. But Weed Maps will tell you exactly where uh, strains are, like in your area, like within. So I can put like a thing on there. So if Urkel comes into Vegas, I'll know that it's here. Dude, so you're like it. you're like. Dog the bounty hunter of weed. Thank you. Thank yes. you. <laughs> I did have one of Mike Tyson's joints earlier this week, too. Very good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. yeah. So he's got good shit. So I yeah. got this one, and I want to hear about your blissfulness. Please, Mr. Triana. Uh, no real big news with it. Uh, it's just uh, I've enjoyed it a couple of times this past yeah. week. I you know, watched 
some movie. You know what I watched? Are you guys familiar with uh, Police Squad? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Fra- Frank Drebin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, the files of Police Squad. Right. So I was watching the actual show yep. that that came before the uh, the movies. Yeah. There was only six episodes of it, but um, but it's just as as great as Naked Gun. So I, I got high and I watched that. Uh, Where is that streaming? Choice. Oh, right, you probably right. have that. You probably have that on Blu-ray, don't you? I have the DVD. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, uh, what's the legality where you're at when it comes to weed? It's it's illegal. So obviously, I don't have a clue what it's like to be stoned. I've never tried it in my life, obviously. <laughs> but um, it's it's like <laughs> it, no. Um, it's, it's illegal. Um, but it was moved down to, we've got like classes of, um, the severity of drugs. I don't know if you have it over there or the, the, in the eyes of the law. Yeah. So like things like meth and crack and, um, uh, heroin and stuff are class A, but weirdly stuff like ecstasy and cocaine. And I think even speed is like class A, uh, despite the fact that anyway, um, I think it's class C weed Mm, so i'm expecting that the next time that we have a change of government there'll probably be a serious discussion about legalizing weed because they can tax it yeah it's complete like well free money it's like printing money dude and the fact that we fucked off out of europe now we we need some extra kind of revenue to come in so mm -hmm. yeah i I think that in the next 10 years there's going to be some serious talks but well, as far as it being illegal, is it at least like you say with the different classes, like there's some places in America where it's been decriminalized. So it's not legal for it, like for you to sell it. But if you get caught with it, you're not really in trouble. It's decriminalized. Is is it decriminalized? Where no, you're at? it's no. technically illegal. Um, but so you still you go to caught... jail if they find you. You'll no, that's what I was going to no. say. Oh, okay. Like, it'll depend mm-hmm. on how much of it that you have right if and as i understand it if you're caught with like just an amount for personal use the the police probably won't do it they'll take it off you okay. although i've heard stories Sons of them giving of it back yeah but i don't think you're gonna get into any serious trouble but you know mm. if it's a, if it's a slow week and they need to get those arrest numbers right. up maybe they will i don't right know. it's it's like giving a ticket yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. That's how, like I've said before, they they changed that in Houston to where you could have four ounces on you, uh, as long as they weren't in separate baggies, because then that means intent to distribute. So, four like ounces. like you said, that's a fuck ton, right? For you just to be <laughs> like, that's like a bucket just, of weed you're just walking around with. But yeah, that's a pain in the ass to carry around. Yeah, I know. It's like, why do you have a whole one bag of four? But anyway, it's it's like to to keep like the you know don't start no shit won't be no shit yeah they're gonna let you go because it's just too fucking much to be arresting yeah. everybody because they have a dime bag on them you know yeah. well I, I a friend of mine i won't say who i don't want to out him uh but a friend of mine when uh when i talked to him about uh the bliss uh edible uh that i've taken recently um he was like oh man i i need these you need to send them to me and i'm like well i can't mail them to you it's totally illegal for me to do that you know He's like, like, oh, but it's decriminalized here. I'm like, but it's decriminalized if you're found with it. If if I mail it to you, it can be assumed that I'm a supplier, right? Um, So yeah, you can mail it, but it's illegal to do it. And you can get in deep shit if you do it. So I was like, why don't you just come up here and visit me and get it? Um, Because I actually... So when's Greg coming up? (laughs) Uh, So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, because uh, uh, Jonathan, because here in Connecticut where I live, it's it is legal, 
um, so it's not just decriminalized, it's legal. You can have it, you can smoke it, and you can... Do you have, like, smoking cafes like they do in Amsterdam? Well... Los not, Angeles not, does. <laughs> not yet, not yet, because here's the thing. Um, while it is legal, you still can't, like, have a dispensary to sell it just yet because it's right. going through all the paperwork for the businesses to get their... Um, you have to like put in an application and businesses to get them and everything. Uh, and so it won't be until May 1st that you, you that those stores will be open here. But right across the border <laughs> is Massachusetts, which I could be there in 45 minutes. And Massachusetts has had it all legal for a while. Uh, so I could legally go there, buy it and legally bring it back here and have it and take it and do whatever I want, you know? Uh so it, it's just interesting to me, uh, you know, talking to you, talking to uh, John McNeil and, and Barry McLean in the, the past shows and just hearing like what the laws are, where and, you know, like as the world continues to uh, uh, change the laws surrounding marijuana. Yeah, because I've been to Amsterdam um, and I went there actually 21 years ago. I went there on my, like, when I was 18. And even back then, there were like smoking cafes. You could buy mushrooms and um like they would have boxes and boxes and boxes of weed and back then you could even smoke tobacco inside because that wasn't banned so yeah. I, i've seen it and it and it and it's mad but um as i understand it it's not like that in most of america even where it's been no. uh, decriminalized because i'm, I'm right. going to be going over there in in april to visit my fiance um which sounds weird i always go to say girlfriend um but i'm looking forward to trying the pot soda that they've got there <laughs> I didn't even know about that. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, dude. They've got a bunch of drinks um, now. Uh, there's all kinds of, like, infused sodas or, like, fizzy waters <clears throat> with CBD and shit. But I got this drink that was, like, a Kool-Aid kind of drink. That was 400 milligrams. It was, like, a juice or whatever. And uh, that 400 was awesome. milligrams of THC? Jesus yeah. Christ. You're not the supposed to drink the whole thing. At one time, but you I'm can. Sure you did, though. Yeah. Of course I did. <laughs> that sounds do. terrifying. Yeah. It was it awesome. Yeah. But Both me again, and my friend Whiteed when we were in Amsterdam, when we were there. Like, we just what? cut the. Uh, I don't know what you call it, actually, when you have a really suddenly terrible time um, and you smoke too much. Yeah. Um, my my oh, friend just um, like a collapsed on the street. Bad time, I guess. Yeah, he, he collapsed on the street and then um, just from having like, a panic attack or some shit or what? Well, no, it's, we, we it's tried an to overdose. Keep up. It's an overdose. There's no such there's thing no as a marijuana overdose, yes, Chris Triana. No, there's no, there no, there is. Is not. Yes, there is. No, yes, the is. amount How much have you to... have to consume. Yeah. No, fucking... no, 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 no. It's it's just when you take too much, you just you you overdose. I'm not saying an OD like like you know like you would OD on heroin and nearly die. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that like he overdosed himself. He went beyond the limit he of He just what took he's... too much. Yeah. Yeah. But but on another day maybe he could have smoked just as much and been absolutely fine. So All that right. was why I was saying it's not quite like an it's overdose true. necessarily. But um, we tried to keep up with an Aussie brother and sister who've been growing it for years. Oh, they ordered That's a split of, Yeah, they ordered a split of super skunk each and we did the same, idiots, but who'd completely inexperienced um and then yeah later on in the night i was like oh i'm feeling i'm feeling fine i can barely even tell i've smoked anything and mm. then started to smoke a second one and then dashed to the bathroom tried to bath was just like dry heaving just like ah, ah! nothing yeah. coming out and then just yeah. sat with my head in my hands apologizing for like an hour or something <laughs> so we were humbled. I, 
I don't know yeah. if that was weed you guys smoked. It might be. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it totally. Were, were you totally guys? Were you, no, were you guys drinking as well? Were you having nope. like any pop pops or anything? No. Nope. No, I've never gotten nauseous without mixing it before. That's why I was asking. No, we yeah. we can fuck you up. I mean, it's it, you have to remember it's a hallucinogen, you know, and so it it affects you that way. And um, yeah, it could you know you could have your heart racing, paranoia, you know, delusions, all sorts of things. That's what made me go off of it for m many many years. Um, you know, because I I took it once. Uh, you know, 13 years ago or so, I just took one hit and it was so strong. I just like, just freaked me out, you know? Uh, so now when I, now when I do it and I've only started doing it again recently is I just take these edibles and they're uh, five milligrams. John Wayne, <laughs> these edibles are five. Oh, milligrams. those are five. Oh, yeah. Microdose you, it. You Sometimes poor boy. You, really nice. you sweet, sweet boy. I love you so much. <laughs> You're so sweet. Well, no, it's uh, because that's, that's what I want. I don't want to get like, whoa, like superstar. There's nothing wrong with that. That's no, I, I'm just, I'm like, person. I'm just like, man, I wish I could have, you know, like those are the days, you know, five milligrams and you don't know what's going on, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that's why I like it is I do still know what's going on. I can yeah. feel a good buzz, a good high without getting, you know, freaked out. It's also balanced with a, <laughs> like a fair amount of the CBD oil, which helps to, uh, which helps to <laughs> decrease. <laughs> Which helps to decrease uh, the psychotropic effects of the THC. The CBD does so. They, they yeah, combine it. It so just chills like you out, doesn't it? CBD. There's nothing hallucinogenic or it, it doesn't no, intoxicate no. you or anything. It's just no, super not like relaxing. The THC does, uh, but it also it actually chemically uh, counters the the psychotropic effects of the THC. So it, it mellows it. So like you feel like the benefits of like you know pain relief, relaxation, all of that. Uh, without being like completely goofy, you know. Yeah. So, but without ending up like like John Wayne here, uh, what? Who is who is <laughs> had to step away because he was. Sound like you had a jellyfish out. in your lungs or something. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I well I just finished. I was gonna say because I just finished the very end of the joint. So this entire time we're talking, I smoked that whole gram of. Uh, the good vibes, Tommy Chong, and I feel. I you feel some. The whole thing. Yeah, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. By the way, let's um, remember, uh, Jonathan, it's 10 a.m. where he is. <laughs> <laughs> let's just remember to put it in perspective. I, that's okay. I, I smoked at 6 a.m. today. That's fine. Yeah, I, 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 I've been up for a while. You know, It's not like I just rolled out of bed and jumped on the mic here. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. Uh, yeah, it's different for everybody. Like some people probably couldn't smoke that whole gram. I did, but that was I just took that last bit, and then my dog uh, Boney started barking, so I, I went to go say like stop, but then I all caught in my throat and I started coughing and was like jamming for my mute button. Um, but I'm all right. One other thing I uh, did want to ask uh, uh, Jonathan is um, is uh, what about medical marijuana in the UK? It's okay. So there was I don't know enough about it to be able to give you the specifics but i believe it's technically legal for doctors to prescribe it okay because there was um a kid who uh, had severe what you call it um epilepsy and mm. was having seizures like dozens and dozens and dozens every single day um and the only thing apparently that was able to help him out was medical marijuana um, right. so right. i believe he was prescribed it 
Um, but the likelihood that any doctor's going to is so, so low. I think there's like less than a handful Hmm. of of times when it's happened, but I think it's technically legal. But there's not enough research. If something is illegal, then a lot of people can't do research into it. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the problem uh, everywhere uh, with marijuana. Uh, Same with mushrooms, same with MDMA. Right. Right. That's right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just an interesting thing. And, uh, you know, like, as I said, I, I've started using the edibles within like the last week, uh, before that it's, you know, I, I had, been, hadn't been using it at all. Uh, and, but John Wayne will attest to this, that I've been a, a huge supporter of the legalization of marijuana. I always have been, mm-hmm. uh, for multiple reasons, but one of the main reasons being medical, uh, because it can help so many people, people who, uh, have cancer and have, or have trouble eating people with uh, glaucoma that helps the eyes all sorts of things even just arthritis, chronic pain severely, arthritis like yeah. chronic arthritis chronic pain, yeah. chronic pain yeah uh and also just uh just uh wanting to be able to sit on the couch and shove your fucking twizzlers in your face and and enjoy you know <laughs> enjoy uh, police squad and enjoy police squad i mean what's wrong with that what's wrong with that <laughs> If we're gonna have fucking alcohol, if we're gonna have the pro, if we're, we're gonna lift prohibition on alcohol, exactly. why not marijuana? You know, money, 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 dude. That's but that's you can tax marijuana though. They are that they. That's it. That they are. They and they tax the shit out of it, dude. Mm-hmm. And, and they make because there's like a ten percent marijuana tax then there's like a something state tax on it and then there's a fucking other tax so there's like three mm. taxes on when you go into the dispensaries here mm. and you still like end up paying less than you do on the streets i guess you know depending on no. um but it's and it's the god it's so convenient dude like i literally just went down my street to get this joint to smoke like it was like going to buy like a soda or something yeah it's it's, uh, it's incredible cup of coffee. to be able it's, to just walk into a store and buy mm. it it's, it's just an incredible thing you know people of our generation um you know like i you know, when I grew up being a teenage stoner, it was just like you had to be really careful. Like people got busted all the time. And, you know, and it was just fucking ridiculous. You have to go before a fucking judge because you were smoking a joint, you know. Um, and and there's still a lot of people in your prisons who who are there yeah. just because they've had like a handful yeah. of dope on them or something. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of mandatory minimums that need to be reverted Ugh. still. Um, yeah, particularly now that particularly in places where now it's legal and it's like, OK, mm. it's legal now. But at the time this guy it would had it and it wasn't legal it's like fuck you you know it's 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 totally yeah. ridiculous and yes, the alcohol thing is what gets me the most is people be like well it's a good slow was like well alcohol was against the law you know 100 years ago and we changed that uh because people like it you know and also alcohol is much more dangerous than than marijuana uh da- like you know the the liver damage it does the the addiction that it can cause um, and the also violence, the violence, <laughs> the accidents, yeah, the violence, the accidents, uh, like, you know, the DUIs, the crashing, um, again, I don't think people should get stoned and drive either, but you know, it's, the alcohol is a much bigger problem. Um, yeah. So. Ima- imagine if the, um, there was no such thing as alcohol, then all of a sudden this new street drug came about and you drink it and you spend, mm, 15 pounds or $25 and you've got enough that you could kill yourself. Um, mm. It increases the likelihood that you're going to be aggressive or have arguments and fall out. It causes multiple types of cancer. Imagine the uproar in the right wing press. Right. <laughs> if that suddenly right. came about. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a very good Just point. We're used to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look at caffeine, 
caffeine is an addictive substance, you know, like, and what do most people do? The first thing they get up in the morning, like I was just teasing John Wayne about smoke a know, joint, drink a coffee. I was, I was teasing John Wayne about smoking and smoking this early, but people get up in the morning, they drink, uh, they drink their coffee. It's something that they're addicted to. They feel shitty. They have a headache. They can't wake up without it. It's a drug they're addicted to. And it's just universally accepted. And uh, like, as part of a, a healthy breakfast, you know, it's just, it's now, like the double standards really bother me. You know? I have stayed at the Triana compound building. quite a bit. You've seen my morning routine. Lots of coffee, some weed. Um, you Lots know. of coffee? <clears throat> you, sir, you. Dr- will drink two pots of coffee. Well, two you have pots. the little pots, the little pots. I'll drink a full big pot, like a regular size pot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a, a crazy yeah. amount. Yeah. Yeah, no, you ingest more substances than anyone I've ever known. Like I, like, like I worry about you. I don't know how you're still alive. I'm gonna live forever, dude. Yeah, yeah. Famous last words. In in your in your heart. Yeah. In your heart. In your hearts. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, uh, we should probably move on into the into the show. I guess we should, and that's enough for marijuana talk around <laughs> know, the world. Like, we're saying this. Is, <laughs> We're saying this is an urban legend show, but we're always like, let's talk marijuana for half an hour first. Yeah, it's uh, an important thing. That the world is changing. It's an important event. It is. It's 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 just the news that's interesting. Uh, yeah. to to us, to me. Um, all right. So now we're going to get into the meat of our show, everyone, and that brings us to book of the week. <laughs> book of the week book of the week fellas and gentlemen's and uh ladies and everyone else out there uh this is gonna fall on me again you know we got some things are you know uh getting off here we're, we're doing some different stuff but with uh things in, in in transit still for me we're we're switching up the order so i'm gonna do book of the week again this week um and uh, today's book of the week comes from an uh, author and a, a friend of mine who I, I just actually got to uh, speak with on my other podcast, Awesome Dude for Life, Boner Bonus Podcast. And I got to meet him for the first time uh, in the flesh in Knoxville, Mr. Robert Essig. His new book just came out this past week called Tweaker Creatures. And um, <clears throat> it looks like a good one. Uh, if you like him, he, he write. I just finished reading one of his books, actually called Death Obsessed. That was about. Right. Uh, have you read that, Chris? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's the it's, uh, the one that's kind of like inspired by Faces of Death and all that Correct. kind of stuff. It's about the guy who's obsessed with those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was a very cool story. So it was good talking to him. But uh, and this sounds good too. So let me read the uh, synopsis here. So. What do you get when you have a town addicted to meth and creatures who feast on them? Tweaker creatures, of course. The new drug-induced gory splatterpunk novel from author Robert Essig. Wait. The new drug-induced gory splatterpunk novel from horror author Robert Essig. Wow, that was weird for a second. The Southern California town of El Cajon is overrun with a drug drug epidemic altering the locals into vicious meth monsters that rule the seedy streets. Searching for her missing sister, Amber dives deep into a corrupt world she was once a part of, where the townsfolk are as brutal as the mysterious creatures who dwell within the shadows. If the speed doesn't kill you, the tweaker creatures will. (laughs) Sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the, I, I like the cover of this as well because it's got like this. Me- it's just a real close up on this cartoon meth mouth um, with the teeth all fucked up, but the teeth spell cr- tweaker creatures. And then there's yeah. green slime dripping between them and stuff. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I've uh, seen it online. It is a pretty fun cover. Yeah. And uh, he's been he's been doing some promotion for it. We were talking, Jonathan. You saw some of the videos. You were going to say, yeah, just um, him, but smoking. Obviously, hopefully not smoking meth out in his garage <laughs> and getting called out for it um, to push tweaker creatures. Yeah, and it's from Evil Cookie, so he's like my publisher mate and yours, Chris. In fact, <clears throat> yes. Okay, yeah. trap. Shouts out, Evil Cookie. Mm-hmm. And I just really want it to be made into a movie, as well as I'm going to read it clearly. But it just sounds awesome. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, like I said, about that one. yeah, it was good to meet him in person in Knoxville at the Creepy Con, which I shan't ever be returning to. But uh, he was awesome and uh, a cool ass dude. Really, really fucking chill. We talked about leather jackets and shit because he just got a new one, and I was like, "Oh, dude, I saw you got a new leather jacket." And he was like, "Yeah, let me go get it." And so we were like whipping out our precious <laughs> leather jacket, and, buddies. <laughs> I was telling him about how trouble. I. Yeah, oh, uh, dude, we're going to get in so much trouble together when our leather jackets meet. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, no, it was good. He's a good dude. He's an awesome, awesome uh, author, and I'm excited to to check out Tweaker Creatures from Evil Cookie, and uh, I think you guys should, too. Amen to that. All right. Mm-hmm. So, moving right along, we're going to get into our next uh, book segment, which, of course, is Ridiculous Reads. Ridiculous reads. I didn't All get right. told off for dancing that time. I Got am a you. regular. Yes. You're you're a regular. You're allowed to <laughs> dance. <You're... laughs> Only I may dance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um yes, so uh our returning guest, Jonathan Butcher is going to be performing the ridiculous reads for us this week. And we're very excited to see what kind of uh, crap he's brought to the table. <laughs> How <laughs> um, dare you? <laughs> well, I hope it's crap because that's what we come to expect, not just from you, but from ridiculous reads. Um, all right. So I'm going to hand the mic over to you, sir. Take it away. Okay. So um, my ridiculous read um, came from a friend of mine called Chris Hall, who does DLS reviews, um, who reviews awesome books. And he absolutely loves Guyane Smith, who was, because um, he died, I believe, last year or maybe the year before. Um, pulp horror uh, since like the 70s. He did stuff like Night of the Crabs. He did. Day of the Crabs, Slaughter of the Crabs, Kids of the Crabs, Rapist of the Crabs. I don't know. Lots of different ones like that. He but had this crabs. one, yeah. he loved crabs and yeah, riddled, absolutely riddled. So this one is one of his more <laughs> obscure books um, called Bamboo Gorillas. And this is, this is <laughs> reprehensible. A, it's <laughs> such a good title, though. You know, gorillas. I, as in, I, kind, like, I kind of feel soldiers. just saying saying that title is a little dicey. Like we might, you know, we have to bleep it. I, <laughs> I mean, this is a dicey book, but this is gorillas, as in G U E R I L L A S, and it is by far apparently the most extreme thing that he ever wrote. It is crazy. This book, mm-hmm. and um, his his publisher apparently said, "Okay, we want you to write the craziest fucking thing you you've ever done," and he was right. Okay, rolled up his sleeves. Mm-hmm. And then they read it and they were like, we can't publish this. There is no way that we can publish this. We need to cut that, cut that, cut that, right. cut that. And <clears throat> he was like, no, fuck you. You asked me to, to write something deranged and depraved. 
I've done it. So he just went off and found another publisher. Um, oh, and yeah. yeah, it's quite hard to get hold of. So I was very pleased as why I name checked Chris that he, he just gave me this copy. Um, and it is very fun. It's, it is dodgy. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in, what, in what way? Man? Okay. So I, I will, I will read the, um, the back. So the synopsis is, what the hell are you doing here? The headman asked. Oh, that was supposed to be a Japanese guy. All the British troops have retreated, yet you are heading into Japanese-occupied territory. Malaya was about to fall to the Japanese, and a group of nurses had been taken prisoner by the notorious Colonel Sika. Jungle Carter knew they faced sadistic torture, even a hideous death. It was up to him and his band of Chinese guerrillas to rescue them from Seeker's clutches, but in a hostile jungle where the heat and fever caused nearly as many deaths as the fighting itself, it would be a desperate and bloody struggle. So it's about a bunch of British soldiers uh, trying to save um, a bunch of nurses who have been kidnapped and uh undergoing all sorts of awful uh, torture, sexual and otherwise. Um, and this... Real quick question. On a scale of one to naughty, how naughty are these nurses? They're... They don't seem that into it, but I guess the scenes with the nurses are pretty naughty indeed, as you're about to find out, in fact. I'll take it. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> so, this is basically like um, Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS, but with more shooting and... Um, in Asia, <laughs> instead of <laughs> Nazi Germany, right? Gotcha. So now this, this, cut. this isn't going to involve any space rape, is it? There is no space rape. <laughs> okay, because that was the last. Good, because we had to re- space. We had to retire that segment, actually. Because uh, <laughs> that was the last show. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see if you want this bleeped or not. But so it, this takes place when Jungle Carter and his band of British comrades have been kidnapped by the sexually sadistic Colonel Seeker, and as entertainment, um, he has arranged a special. Uh, thing to watch okay jungle carter watched tensely as five chinese and five malays knelt before the ten naked nurses in the sweltering heat there was silence except for the maniacal screaming of samurai colonel seeker's lieutenant get your clothes up you filthy rabble he yelled at once the ten gorillas obeyed, removing their garments and flinging them into the dust behind them. Now, Samurai snarled, you have three minutes in which to begin copulating. Any man who hasn't, <laughs> any man who hasn't made it in that time will be bayoneted. Colonel Seeker chuckled Talk on the veranda. pressure. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> yeah, tell him. And producing a pair of binoculars, he held them out to Carter. Take a look. His voice was soft and deadly. No, thanks. I take a look, Seeker snarled. That is an order. Carter took the glasses and adjusted the focus slightly. The vile prison commander was in his element. He could just as easily have gone out and watched from close quarters, but he obviously had no intention of doing so. From his attitude, he might have been enjoying a day at Ascot. It's a very posh day at the races here in the UK. Mm. An iced drink stood on a small table at his elbow. This was a day of pleasure for him. Hugh Carter stared with revulsion creeping over his whole body. 
the ten gorillas had impassive expressions on their Malayan and Chinese features, but they knew only too well what they had to do if they were to survive. They had one advantage over the nurses in that they were accustomed to the fierce heat of the day. Every one of the girls would undoubtedly be very ill with sunstroke in a matter of hours. Some would probably die out there on the compound. Some of the bandits had attained a state of semi-hardness within the first minute, but their difficulties were being increased by the scorching rays of the sun. Sweat glistened on their bodies, their features were contorted, eyes glancing fearfully at the guards who stood nearby. One minute left, Samurai yelled. Miraculously, there were ten erections within the time stipulated. Colonel Seeker snatched his binoculars back from Carter with boyish enthusiasm, leaning forward eagerly in his chair as though he was afraid of missing something. Carter pressed himself back in his seat. He wanted to close his eyes to shut it all out, but he could not. He was hypnotized by the revulsion of it all. He breathed a deep sigh of relief that all his men had attained full erections. (laughs) (laughs) Phew! But he knew also Uh, that this was only the start. A party of six soldiers marched out. Shout out to John Wayne's mum while I read this. A party of six (laughs) soldiers marched out and stood just behind Samurai. Each one carried a rifle and a fixed bayonet. And Hugh Carter realized only too well that these men were Seeker's execution squad. What are you waiting for, you jungle vermin? Samurai screamed. The gorillas lowered themselves onto the girls, their thighs and hips jerking as they strove to penetrate them. Seeker was beside himself with excitement, his own lust responding with an erection which threatened to burst its way out of his trousers. (laughs) Jungle Jungle Carter did not need the binoculars to see that his men were experiencing difficulties. They had done everything that had been asked of them. Copulate! Samurai screamed. (laughs) Copulate or die! The bandits pushed cruelly with their erections. Girls screamed and writhed. Carter's blood ran cold as he saw Jenny, his girlfriend, flaying and jerking. He felt her pain in the pit of his own stomach, and had it not been for the armed guard on the veranda closely watching him, he would have throttled the life out of Seeker with his bare hands. As it was, all he could do was sit and watch. Good! Samurai walked between the sexually joined pairs, stooping and inspecting each one, obviously suspicious of a a simulation. However, he was apparently satisfied with what he saw. The couples lay motionless, but it was evident to Carter that this did not comply with the rules which Seeker had drawn up with his subordinate beforehand. What's the matter with you? Samurai kicked angrily at the buttocks of the nearest Chinese man, bringing a yell of pain from the girl who lay beneath. You are supposed to be fucking, not just lying there. Get on with it, you curs. Uh, Backsides began to buck and heave. Faster, you bastards! Faster! Suddenly, Samurai produced a small whip and began to lash mercilessly at the jerking buttocks. The mass copulation was being whipped into a frenzy. Colonel Seeker breathed heavily as he studied the scene through his binoculars. Carter remained silent. He felt physically and mentally sick. A Malayan gorilla collapsed, writhing on top of his partner. The whip continued to lash at the others. Orgasms were being forced. Men were convulsing, bodies stiffening, then lying limp. Finally, they had all made it, except the girls. Climaxes for them were a physical impossibility. (laughs) 
black. Oh my god, this is horrible. It's nearly done, don't worry. What have you stopped for? Samurai screamed, wielding the lash indiscriminately in a frenzy of rage. You've made it once, but you've got to make it again. And again! Either that or death! The gorillas gasped in astonishment and horror. It had taken an almost superhuman effort to ejaculate once under these conditions, but twice! (laughs) Your lives depend upon it, Samurai snarled. His whip would raised, but at that very instant, a burst of firing shattered the sultry stillness. Four single shots, followed by bursts of Tommy gun fire, came from somewhere deep in the jungle. Then silence. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, that was awesome. Uh, that's something else. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know it- how how to reply to that whole thing. So now, is that a new game they're going to put on Survivor or something? Like, Because <laughs> it sounds like it could happen. <laughs> I love that the bad guy's name is Samurai. <laughs> That's his actual name. Yeah. It's... Um, I really yeah. liked your reading of him, though. Like, you're really, like, you're really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a performer. What can I say? <laughs> no, that was good. It was good. Uh, you should definitely do your own audiobooks. That, I'm good. I'm gonna do Chocolate Man. I did I did the audiobook for the short story, but that was only half an hour. It's just yeah. finding the time. Yeah. I love it though. Yeah. So okay. So that was that was definitely extreme. Um, I could see what you're saying of with the uh, the she wolf of the SS thing, but I don't know. It's kind of a little bit of Salo going on in there. <laughs> or, uh, 120 days of Sodom. You know. Uh, mm. yeah, but it's was... so caricatured and ridiculous oh, that yeah. it's difficult to take seriously in the same way as something like Salo, definitely right, which is why right. i think ilsa's <laughs> especially yeah, harrow yeah. keeper yeah it's definitely more ridiculous than Salo. uh yeah. but uh yeah it has that same kind of uncomfortable like you know do this filthy horrible thing or die you know um, should i be laughing yes probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah, it's. I, I don't even know what, what else to say about it. I am. I am stunned at, at that book. So that is that is uh, Guy Smith with uh, Bamboo Gorillas, ladies and gentlemen. Catch the fever. <laughs> now I know fear boners are a real thing, but I don't think I've ever gotten one. Or maybe I just haven't been afraid enough. Are they? Are they real? Really? I, I don't know. I've heard tell. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Perhaps um, on our urban legends segment, we'll learn that. <laughs> yeah. The fear, the fear boner. The fear boner. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like the whole like, you know, being forced to perform thing is uh, is is definitely like a, a scary concept. And it makes you wonder, would you be able to, you know? No. Yeah, I don't think with, I would. With, with a man bellowing at me with a bayonet in the sweltering jungle. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not so much. Yeah. <laughs> Until it happens, though, who knows? Yeah. How much have I been drinking at this point? That's a good when question. This happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to push campaigns. This is not even to okay, mention okay. the fact that, that you'd be raping these women. Like, that's, it's like, that's another. Okay, I thought we weren't doing uh, any space rape. Thing. Did you <laughs> listen to the, the story that he just read? It wasn't in space. <laughs> no, it wasn't in space. I'm yeah, talking about that. a consensual. Uh, encounter yes, well, in which you have a gun put put to your head. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's it's we're not changing the segment to ridiculous rapes. Uh, so oh, our, our next guest has to have a different topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh... <laughs>
I'm sorry. This I know is, that this, this is like the lightest on segments, but it was the only ridiculous book that I owned that isn't a graphic novel. So. You gotta apologize. Like... It is ridiculous, and I'm glad you read it. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. I guess we're ready to move right along then uh, into uh, our ongoing topic uh, that we've been doing this winter. So that brings us into urban legends. Dope. I liked it. Oh, thank you, man. That was that was intense, dude. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Um, all right, so urban legends this week. Um, John Wayne, you've been starting us off. Do you want to continue that trend and start us off, or shall I? I I'd love to. Go for it, my friend. Yes, urban legends. I am going to start it off, Chris. Beautiful. Um, here, so. <clears throat> So I was like, you know, I've been kind of looking around, you know, throughout this series at uh, different things. I've been trying to pick some local stuff, some stuff that was from Texas, you know, around where I lived. Uh, the last two weeks, I've been looking at Vegas stuff because I moved to Vegas. So I was kind of looking at things, and I was looking at like a, a creek got into like creatures, urban legend creatures, and I found this awesome badass one that I want to talk about. Uh, this is called the Mononagal. This is a a, a a creature from the Philippines. Have either of you heard of this, this urban legend about this creature? I have not. It's a great. No. Note, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. So, you know, also Chris, you know, I'm, I'm a vampire team vampire. We've had that discussion many times. So this many is kind times, of like a yes. vamp, almost like a vampiric creature. And, and, mm. and uh, the, the Philippine, uh, the vampire of the Philippines actually kind of comes off of this character as, as well. But where this mononical comes from is um, it's, it is a, a female by day uh, walks around as an attractive woman, but turns into a flesh-eating monster by night. And what she does is appears as an attractive woman, goes out to scope out the prey, look whatever, biding her time until some say the full moon. Sometimes it's just dark, you know, and some of the things. And then she transforms into a this like winged, ghoulish creature with fangs and claws and Here's the best part separates her torso from her lower half. And then that flies off to go get the prey that she's been scoping out. And she uses a long, this long proboscis like tongue type of like uh, that's like really bendy and hollow. And she like fucking go down like chimneys and shit with this and, and like get her fucking prey through it. And like, so, and then another big thing about this monogal is that like, it got to be this thing where she only started going after pregnant women and she would uh, just like put her tongue into them where they were sleeping and suck out the fetus. Oh, and then... <laughs> damn. <laughs> so she would do that. And then other times so she would seduce men and lure them back before, you know, that kind of thing. That's kind of, that reminds me of like a Lilith type of thing, but yeah, it's, it's, it's live or, you know, it makes me think of um, the tales from the dark side movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Where uh, Tommy Chong, your buddy Tommy Chong, his daughter hey. uh, plays a a woman who uh, is actually a gargoyle, and she like that's falls awesome. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you not seen that that movie? Me? Uh, 
Yeah, I was yeah, I was saying that scene is awesome. Like the oh, transformation. Okay. Oh, yeah, I thought you were saying, oh, that sounds awesome. I was nah, like, no, nah, nah, I watched that that when I was a kid. It's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same here. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's very cool. But that's what it, that's what it made me think of. Yeah. Um, but anyway, continue. No. So it's it it it's set like that really captured my imagination. It separates its body like this seems like a children's <laughs> toy, like and it leaves yeah. its lower half. In the woods somewhere, like, you know, just like in a dark place, like no, nobody come fuck with it. But if you do find it, like you can, you can like the ways to kill this creature. First of all, sunlight, that's kind of like where the vampire thing comes. So if she doesn't change back into a human before the sun comes out, boom, she's done. And she has to be attached to her lower half before the sun comes back. So if you come along her, you know, you find the monogal's lower half while she's out killing people, you can put, uh, garlic and uh it's, it's like uh ash salt all these uh, things on the exposed flesh and then that'll keep her from being able to reattach so that when the sun comes out she'll be gone ah that's cool. um I love that. and then and then to keep the then what was used to kind of keep the <clears throat> monogal away from the house uh are you burn rubber which is fucking weird um containers of salt ash and stuff to you know they put put those there i'm, I'm sure that that those come in with the uh, the legends of like you know vampires or demons where you have to like throw the salt and they have to count all the grains before they can come past you know yeah I'm sure we, or that kind of thing but very very cool um and it like i said it piggybacks onto the the vampire of the philippines which is uh called the tagalog mandurago which means bloodsucker and also, this is an attractive girl by night who turns into a vampire at, uh, by day, turns into a vampire at night and uses this long, crazy tongue type thing to uh, get sleeping victims. Um, now, the thing about like the the eating of uh, fetuses and shit like that really kind of like got my mind going because I was like, well, where did that start? Because, you know, all of these things start as like to scare kids into like, you know, and that's why you don't yell or something. Yeah. <laughs> Because it, the yell goblins. Will yeah, you. exactly. You know, they rip your fucking little pubes out when you sleep and uh, like whatever, you know, that kind of thing is like to make your kids go to sleep and shit. So I, I, I just wondered, like, how did this come about? Because it, it while the, it uses it, it sucks the womb dry, basically, while the woman sleeps. Now, I wonder if this came about as something to be used for, like, maybe abortions back in the day, like to say like instead of like where'd the baby go oh the monogal came in and got it you yeah, know dude. or, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. you know that kind of a thing i really wondered about that or like miscarriages or something maybe it was like not you know you're considered like you know it's it's a not it's a bad mark to maybe have a miscarriage yeah. so maybe you blame it on the monogal um back then when people fucking believe this kind of shit and the stories right. just spread you know and then that's how you get it uh so i found that particularly interesting about this also the detachable thing is this fucking rat it's like detachable penis it's detachable <laughs> you know mm -hmm. yeah king missile baby yeah i know yeah. it does it's, it's it has like a he-man kind of like thing to it or, or like a kid's toy like you said yeah yeah like breaking off into you know two pieces and then using the tongue to run the tongue down the chimney like, yeah yeah i want stuff yeah it's, i guess it's got to go up from one end rather than the other with the, with the sucking out of the pregnant, uh, uh, the pregnant woman's fetus, I guess it says, it says, uh, 
<clears throat> uses it to puncture the womb of the sleeping oh. woman. So wow. I guess it like probably sticks it right into the belly. But I would say, why do that? Just go up the fucking, you know, the take There's the a corridor they could be using. Take the why turnpike uh, through the tunnel <laughs> there and just go on up. That's yeah. uh, I, that's really interesting. Uh, two two little things. So um, you saying about how maybe it came about because of the um, potential for abortions or maybe even miscarriages at some point. Um, I wrote an article uh, years ago about ghost sex. Uh, people who think they have sex with ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. This is a real uh, thing. Spectrophilia, yeah. it's a real thing. Anna Nicole Smith um, and Lucy Liu both think they've banged spirits. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, one of the, the earliest examples of that was when um, there were like sexual assaults in tribes. They would blame it on ghosts so yeah, they didn't yeah. have to. But it, I can't remember where, exactly. but it was yeah. somewhere in Africa. Um, uh, there, there was one group that they had this this spirit that supposedly came along and banged you in the night like either um is an incubus that's a male one incubus yeah. for a male yeah. succubus, succubus for a female yeah uh, and just they're, they're blaming more, it for very human things yeah they're more like they're more like demons uh yeah but they, they seduce you yeah um uh well that's there's ghost sex and then there's ghost rape um, and there's ghost dick <laughs> the song by letters to voltron which, and goes uh, and goes dad who was a rapist <laughs> so it all comes full circle look this show is going down the tubes quick it really is <laughs> yeah. i'm just saying uh, like 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 we had the space rape now we're talking about ghost rape uh okay know, well for, mo- moving on to the other for, observations so we don't well, get too crazy. Hey, real, real, real quick real quick uh just you know <laughs> to learn more about ghost rape i recommend you read uh hell house by richard matheson or you see the movie the wraith uh uh or no that's not the, the wraith i'm entity. sorry you the mean, entity, yeah, the rapist yeah. was Charlie Sheen, also a rapist. Oh, I brought it all back. I don't know if he's a rapist; he's just a pig. Um, anyway, uh, I'm done. Go ahead. Yeah, and the only other thing was that um, at first I thought you were going to be describing the Philippines version of a Thai spirit called a Krasu, which I, the only reason I know that is because I just googled it, um, and it was a or is a ghost um, that takes the shape of a beautiful woman's severed head. Um, with all of her internal organs um, hanging out. Um, so she kind of floats Whoa. along like this. Just the whole detaching of the body kind of thing. Yeah. That's yeah. What yeah. Me off. yeah. But not just like that, go all the way down to the intestines. So like has the, the lungs hanging out and the heart and like a trail of yeah entrails hanging Whoa, out. The, that's kind of cool. Mm. I, I would like to say uh, real quick is while we're speaking about uh, ghost sex and um, and incubuses and succubuses, uh, I have a little book that I wrote called The Long Shadows of October, which is about such things. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because it just came out on audiobook narrated by Danny George, who also narrated the audiobooks of uh, Full Brutal and Gone to See the Riverman. Uh, so that's available now for anyone who's interested. Very good book. I have it. Thank you. All right. Uh, yeah, but that was mine. I, I like I like vampire stuff. And that one really like kind of had some cool elements. What was so. it called? Professor McGonagall? Was it? <laughs> Professor McGonagall. You're off the case, it's, McGonagall. <laughs> McGonagall. It's a Mananagall. Like yeah. M A N A N A N G G A L. That's a lot Actually, of no, I just wanted to pretend I've mis- mistaken it for a Harry Potter teacher. That was all. <laughs> Wait, did you say you said uh, Professor Aswan McGonagall before? What did you say? The the what? thing that you the 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 creature that you're talking about. The oh, spirit? Krasu. Krasu. Okay, okay, yeah, different. Okay, yeah, very cool though. Still. So. Cool. That's me. That's my legends. Oh, righty. Um, well, I, I, I think uh, 
like we did with the uh, with our last guest, I think we can let our uh, our guest be the closer. Uh, so I'll go ahead and go next, uh, and and Jonathan, you could you could close out the show. Um, so here we go. I'm going to tell you guys um, a little something. I'm going to pull up my notes here. Um, as John Wayne was saying, you know, finding stuff that's uh, local to where he lives or, or lived. I also wanted to bring up some of these things uh, that were uh, in relation to where I have lived. And those of you who listen to the show or know me know that I spent uh, several uh, devastating years in the horror hellscape that is known as Florida. Uh, and one of the urban legends from there uh is that we were we weren't supposed to talk about florida on the show anymore <laughs> i can you can't you okay know, for, good, good for me it's it's healing it's therapy but if you bring it up it's triggering okay <laughs> that's how it goes uh, <laughs> um no uh, this is uh, an urban legend about a little a little critter uh known as the skunk ape uh but the skunk ape also goes by other names uh including the stink ape the Mayaka skunk ape, and my personal favorite, Swamp Cabbage Man. <laughs> <laughs> so the skunk ape is similar to uh, the Bigfoot legend, uh, but it's more, um, whereas Bigfoot is more of like a Northwest type of uh, uh, legend, uh, that that became universal. Uh, this is more specific to the South, particularly Florida. Uh, people in Georgia, Arkansas, the Carolinas have mentioned it as well, you know, sightings of it. But it, this is kind of more Florida's thing. So this is the Southern Bigfoot. Uh, so I'm going to tell you a little bit more uh, about it. Um, uh, it's a basically a purported ape-like creature said to inhabit the forests and swamps. Um, and uh, like Bigfoot, it's a prominent subject of American folklore, supposed evidence of the creature's existence is based on a number of sightings, anecdotal sightings, I would say, uh, and, and some disputed photographs, audio and video recordings, all blurry, of course, uh, or, or that's not blurry, but you can just barely see them, you know. Uh, majority of mainstream scientists have historically discounted the existence of skunk ape considering it to be the result of a combination of folklore, misidentification, hoax, uh, uh, or a hoax, hoax rather than it being a living animal. Uh, the skunk ape has permeated into the popular culture of the southern United States, especially Florida. Uh, so basically, uh, it's a bipedal ape-like monster, uh, usually between five and seven. Uh-oh. In, in, in covered in mottled reddish-brown hair. Uh, it's often reported to be smaller uh, than Bigfoot, therefore. Uh, Bigfoot is known to be much, much bigger than that. So this is more man-sized, maybe a little bit larger Midfoot. than normal. Midfoot, there you go. <laughs> um, and it's called a skunk ape because it's supposed to stink like hell. Um, so it's uh, like some people have said that it smells kind of like, like a... a animal carcass that's been out in the sun too long you know like Ugh. that kind of death smell uh and i would argue that's just how florida smells um <laughs> so it's like maybe you're just smelling florida because that's the thing that people don't realize like you know with with like bears and stuff is the reason like bears can can creep up on you is because you they don't smell you know like at least black bears you know like they don't have like a stink to them 
Uh, most wild animals uh, clean themselves, and, and so they don't. But not the skunk ape. He's a swampy-ass cabbage man. Uh, is, that, <laughs> so, is that the name I was going to say? Was that the, the phrase? Swamp-ass cabbage man? Well, not the ass part. It's just... Oh. Uh, it's just not the it's, ass part. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Swamp Cabbage Man. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to tell you guys a, a couple of quick, like, little things about it. Uh, one of the things that makes it so funny is kind of like Bigfoot, where uh, there was, like, a certain time where, like, the sightings were out of control. And it went from, like, the 60s to the 80s, you know? Uh, like, there's no, like, records in the 1800s of, of these creatures you know it just became like a fad uh urban legend um and here's where it gets some of its other cool names uh in the small community of barden in putnam county florida beginning in the 1940s there were a number of alleged sightings of a creature that came to be known as the barden booger <laughs> so, i'm sorry but the, the barden booger the barden okay. booger that was what it was called yeah uh, reports of a skunk ape were particularly common in the 50s and 70s uh, by 74 sightings of a large foul-smelling hairy ape creature which ran upright on two legs was reported in suburban neighbor neighborhoods in Miami-Dade County that border large wilderness expanses such as the Everglades and uh, the Big Cypress National Preserve. Uh, so there are other reports that went through in the 70s. In 1977, uh, you know, your, your I was born, uh, after a rash of sightings by dozens of eyewitnesses across several Florida counties, and this is pretty funny, I, a failed-to-pass bill was proposed to the state legislature to make it illegal to, quote, take, possess, harm, or molest anthropoids or humanoid animals. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was enough sightings being reported <laughs> to raise concern that people were going to like think that they saw a swamp ape and and like go after uh, a monkey or a weird looking man or a hobo or whatever and kidnap it and be like look we caught the skunk ape and it's like no that's just bob he's the town drunk what's he doing you know? like they actually he's like, just really flatulent that's all. he's just he loves his cabbage yeah <laughs> he's just a smelly ugly man who loves cabbage uh so i think that's that is really funny to me that they actually there was state legislature that resulted from this. Uh, more reports continued into the 80s, including a report where a college uh, psychology teacher cited an upright ape-like animal and was that was reported with non-human body language and movements in Alusha County. Uh, sightings became more common again in the 90s, uh, many by motorists going down various rural routes. Um, and uh, in the year 2000, uh, Sarasota County Sheriff's, Sheriff's Office received two anonymous photos depicting what appears to be a large hairy ape-like creature near the Mayaka River State Park. And these are the photos that you'll pull up if you Google it. Um, there's also some videos of it. Uh, sightings have continued uh, in, uh, in 2015. Video was taken by a kayaker uh, in Lettuce Lake Park in uh, Hillsborough County. Uh, and it shows the, the creature wading through Cypress March. The movements and hair of the creature were marked as realistic, and it does kind of look realistic when you watch it. Uh, but uh, its uh, its location would have made uh, the location also would have made it difficult for it to be a hoax. However, uh, frequent uh, reviewer of supposed Bigfoot and UFO footage Ben Hansen remarked that the sighting happened shortly after a known skunk ape hoax in uh, Tampa Bay. 
Uh, so it could have been a copycat of that. Uh, either way, the quality is insufficient uh, to prove or disprove the footage. Uh, um, so anyway, uh, the skunk ape has. It looks been... like a dude just with a bin bag on his head, like a black sack. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're checking out the photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the footage. Well, if you go, yeah, if you go to uh, one, uh, there's uh, one photograph that I like. Uh, it's it's actually on the Wikipedia page, um, and it's uh, one of the ones that was sent to the sheriff's department. And he's, it's kind of it looks like Harry the Hendersons, but with glowing eyes, and he's hiding oh, wow. behind a behind a palmetto bush. Um, anyway, the skunk ape has been uh, widely adopted across Central Florida as a mascot uh, for the Florida wilderness and rural culture. So you see it used a lot. Uh, around Florida for that. Um, and yeah, uh, and, and even during uh, the COVID pandemic, several Florida businesses uh, used the skunk apes, uh, reported foul smell, uh, giving incentive to remain at a distance and uh, evasive nature to promote social distancing. So they used to be like, <laughs> hey, skunk apes, stay away, social like, like, I don't know. People in Florida are insane, uh, is, is the point. So anyway, that is the, the, the awesome legend of the skunk ape. That is fantastic. I, I hope that that it there it isn't just a smelly man. I hope at the very least it's like an escaped monkey with serious digestive problems. So it's just constantly <laughs> it's just, shitting. And it's like matted all down its legs and stuff. And it's just this. Like, hey, I, am I am I am I hearing you coming up with a secret word here called chocolate monkey man? Is yeah, that oh well. Right now. <laughs> That's <laughs> are we brainstorming here <laughs> yeah i really because uh, my ones have like they're actual kind of things so i i always just want these to have come from something that is it's proper real i i, I, yeah. I hope that ape is still somewhere <laughs> out there <laughs> yep eating that cabbage farting up the storm <laughs> so yeah le leave it leave cabbage, it to man. Leave it to Florida to come up with a a farty uh, Bigfoot that isn't all that big. Uh, so yeah, so so there we go. Uh, so now it's your turn, Mr. Butcher. See what okay. you got. Bring it home, sir. Bring it. Okay. Well, um, I could have gone with a. You said you wanted a British one, um, so I could have gone with one of the ones that were local to me growing up, um, but they're not as interesting as I wanted them to be. So I could have gone with Piskies, uh, which are basically pixies, like little elves mm. in Cornwall. Or I could have gone with the Beast of Bodmin Moor, which is just like um, an, apparently an escaped like panther or something. But I've kind of got one and a half. Um, so the first one is Springheel Jack. Is that mm. a name that you are at all familiar with? Yeah. Only because you had mentioned it when I was ah. inviting you onto the show. <laughs> okay. Well, um, in the UK, we have, I think it's like a fairly famous thing. I don't know if you had toys called Monster in My Pocket. Um, it was like when I was pretty young. One of the, the first ones that they had was spring Hill Jack. So Is that like a Tamaguchi thing or like it's a little digital thing? Nah, that they were just, li just little rubber things. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Definitely. Yeah. Back when you could spend a load of money on just a tiny little rubber toy and not feel cheated. Um, <laughs> but this goes back to the Victorian times. So um, the, the very beginning uh, of the earliest sighting was January 9th, 1838. But I, c I couldn't find out which of these sightings that I'm going to mention it, it, it was. But Springhill Jack, um, his descriptions vary. Um, but in London town, which is where it started, where he was most uh, often seen, he was described um, in general as a gentlemanly looking man 
or a hideous monster <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in between. He's always cackling. He thinks that his his japes and his uh, little cheeky mischief things are hilarious. Um, he uh, accosted women and slapped men across the face. <laughs> <laughs> like just like glove slap, like like yeah. boom, just like yeah. backhanding dudes. <laughs> I've I've got a good story about it. Yeah, she um, demands she demands satisfaction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he breathed blue fire. He had oh. fireballs for eyes. He had razor sharp metallic claws. And giving him his his name, Springheel Jack, he was able to leap enormous heights. So over walls and like up onto houses and across roofs of London in order to escape into the night. After he committed one of his very, very minor uh, acts of mischief, because no one was ever seriously hurt. Mm. Um, certainly no one was ever killed. Um, people were scratched up, um, but generally speaking, people were just fucking terrified by mm-hmm. these events. And there are many, many sightings um, that were like recorded officially um, by law. They were proper like police reports. And, and so... Sometimes there will be multiple sightings in a matter of weeks, and then he'd like stop for years at a time, and then all of a sudden he'd come back. Mm. His, ta- his tales appeared like in the press, and uh, do you know the phrase "penny" phrase "penny dreadfuls"? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so. Um, he, he was written about in like these minor, like printed out grisly fiction stories from back yeah. then. Um, and yeah, a, a lot of these uh, police reports hold the character of Springheel Jack uh, accountable. Um, for, for these things. So one of the first attacks um, involved a man springing out of the shadows while a woman was going for a walk at night and he grabbed her boobs and Oof. then scratched her belly. I'm and listening. She screamed in terror, um, which made him flee and, and caused him to spring away from her, leaping over walls and stuff like that, all the time cackling to himself because he, th- he thought it was hilarious playing with her titties. <laughs> the very next day, a man leapt out in front of a carriage, um, freaking out the driver so badly that he caused the entire carriage to tip over. And he was seriously injured as a result of this. Um, and again, this this guy escaped in a similar style, giggling to himself and like leaping over God knows what obstacles he had in his way. So the investigators that were there, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brilliant. I I liked it that like I thought you were gonna say like he he scared the driver so bad that he the driver turned around and grabbed everyone's boobs on on board like. <laughs> I like to your titties, but it's not all titties. Hang on to your titties. So, investigators that that were there found tracks in the ground, and they said that the tracks suggested that he had some kind of gadgetry on his heels in in these footprints that they found, quote, like some sort of compressed spring. Oh, shit. Yeah, they didn't take photographs. They didn't draw it or anything like that (laughs) because this was like the 1830s, but that was in, in the official report. Um. And at that point, yeah, um, in, in uh, running away from that one, he leapt over a nine-foot wall, or 2.7 meters, however you guys measure it. So, Kobe. Hey. I just said Rest in power. Rest yeah. in power. <laughs> it's a basketball joke. Gotcha. <laughs> so there were loads of sightings that continued uh, across London. But the press at this point 
didn't intervene. They were like, people were getting scared, but it was never reported in the newspapers. Um, so finally, um, the whispers got so great that the Lord Mayor of London, a bloke called Sir John Cohen, had to address the issue. And he had received an anonymous message that had been sent to him about spring Jack that claimed that the sightings of this fella were part of an elaborate prank. So the letter claimed that two wealthy, like high society, rich boys had a, a wager with each other um, saying that one of them would wear three different disguises, a ghost disguise, a bear disguise and a devil disguise and would villi- uh, visit villages near to London and just cause mischief. <laughs> um, and, and they claimed in this letter that apparently during this uh, this bet or whatever they'd done, they had already apparently driven two women insane. Like these these people have been so terrified <laughs> with their love making. Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, just it's just harassing people. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, but also he blows fire. He's got metallic claws. He's got like fireballs for eyes. That's pretty. Mm-hmm. That's pretty scary. So at this point, the newspapers ran with the story, um, but Sir Cohen wasn't convinced by th- these culprits. More sightings flooded in, and there was like a reward to catch Springheel Jack. And on February the 9th uh, of that year, the most famous sighting took place. So there was a knock at um, this, the, the door of this house and a teenage girl answered it. And it was very dark outside, but the guy introduced himself um, as a police officer. He said he'd caught spring Jack nearby and needed a candle. So the girl went and fetched a candle. But when she came back, the man threw off his cloak and blowing flames from his mouth, scratched her up and then ran away, flipping and hopping across the roofs of old London town. Mm. And she was terrified, obviously. And that was probably three women driven insane. Who knows? Um, So the last confirmed sighting from back then was in 1872 when he jumped amidst a crowd of soldiers. Right slapped one of them really loudly repeatedly and then sprang away (laughs) and they claimed to have shot him but apparently they only had heard a metallic clang right Mm. but rather than killing him they just pissed old jack off so he turned around (laughs) mid-escape and chased them while blowing flute blue flames like in their direct and the the soldiers ran off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> apparently from this flaming demon guy um so then the sightings died down uh, but they have like carried on apparently throughout the 20th century as well um there was a spate of sightings in the 1970s but he'd moved to sheffield england which is somewhere up in the north rather than down in the south where, where london is um was it a cost of living thing like he just couldn't afford to live <laughs> in the city anymore so he must have been yeah, that's but, well, well, the gentrification price, really drives well, the prices. I think it was, it was the, the price of uh, the springs, like just went through the roof. <laughs> they it, like, make some changes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, so the, there's there's a few explanations uh, as the as to who he was, aside from the fact that he was an, a, a bloke with a gadget or two gadgets for his for his shoes. Mm-hmm. One of them suggested that he was a demon accidentally summoned by practitioners of the occult. I don't know See, why they chose that out logical seems seems logical yeah yeah but i prefer this one which is that he was actually an alien from mm. a very low gravity planet 
<laughs> which meant that he could leap <laughs> for these reasons because he wasn't used to the high gravity in this <laughs> on this planet. Wow. Um, nice. And that's Spring Heel Jack. Wow. So they never, yeah, so there was never any kind of like, you know, correlating the, some of the incidents that happened in a similar time period to some pranksters, nothing. They never. No oh, resolution, wow. no yeah. nothing. Put out a reward, never caught the guy. Wow. If it was it, even real. I like Spring Hill Jack. This guy's cool. <laughs> you know, who doesn't like? He's like, <laughs> and then just, just like runs away. Maker. He just like, maybe, you know. He just scratches a belly scratch. That could be nice sometimes. You want a good belly scratch, you know? Yeah, <laughs> With mat- metallic claws. Seems a little much. <laughs> well, yeah, well little he doesn't much. break the skin. I mean, okay. you know, come on. Well. He's just uh, <laughs> playful. <laughs> so right. that's Spring Hill Jack, yeah. Um, I did have another one that I wanted to mention, which is much shorter mm-hmm. than that. Um. <sighs> Because he's he's a, a modern day one. He's a very contemporary um, ur- urban legend. And once again, he is based in in fact. Mm-hmm. But um, in like the, I don't know if it was like the nineties or maybe the eighties. I, I couldn't see. Um, it was one of the people who was used as a threat against against kids by parents. Would say, um, "I'm only going to say." Well, this guy's interests are a little more um, interesting than Michael's potential ones. Um, but I'll only say his, his, his nickname once because it's potential that it, there's actually a racist reference. That's what he claims. But he is commonly known as Purple Aki. Um, mm. His real name is Akinwale Orabike. So I'm going to call him Aki from now on. But that was that was the term that he was known as. Mm. Um, he was a huge guy, six foot five. Um, who uh, lived in Merseyside, Liverpool. And the kids were always being threatened, um, both on the playground and by their parents, that Aki will get them. Mm. Most people didn't think that he existed, but he did. And they would claim that he lived in the woods or lived in like dark alleyways and abandoned factories and stuff like that. Um, There's very little... um, evidence and explanation about what he did or didn't do apart from a few of the things i'm going to tell you now but there are many stories some of which are really fucking dark and some of which are just kind of funny and and just and a bit weird so aki's interest was stalking young men and i'm looking at you here chris with muscles okay Oh, yeah. well, you, you said that you were into, I remember when you did the podcast with Thor, you said that you were very much into like weightlifting. Yeah. This, mm. this guy, he was specifically about dudes with muscles and okay. he would approach them at inappropriate times and just ask to see their muscles. Um, he would, uh, oh, I know this. I know this guy. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Aki, Aki. Oh, yeah, why didn't you say yeah. so? Okay. Yeah. Um, but there are some that are actually recorded instances, um, when he, uh, he approached a 15 year old lad, um, who had been into weightlifting since he was 12 and said, um, Hey, I know you don't, I know you. And the kid was like, no, I don't think so. And he said, Oh, well, what gym do you go to? And the guy told him and he was like, Oh yeah, that, that's where I, that's where I work out as well. Um, and he asked to, to, to touch his muscles. Um, and then said, why don't you come in here? 
um, showing him where the law court was and said, I'm going to show you some photographs of men who um, have been done for murder here. And the guy said, well, I don't I don't want to see that. And he said, apparently, are you being racist? Is it because I'm black that you want, don't want to come in here? And he says, no, 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 my dad's Egyptian. It's nothing to do with that. He got this guy in, inside um, this room and ended up getting him to take off his top and show him his muscles and do lots of like bodybuilding poses and stuff like this. And then um, said, you can definitely squat me. So what you should do is get me in a fireman's lift and hold me up and, and squat. This was a six foot five yeah. huge dude. Yeah. This 15 year old apparently managed to, to, to do it. Um, but immediately after that, when he put him down, he wasn't blocking the door anymore and he, and he ran away. Mm. Another guy um, who was, was old. Just, just, yeah. just a moment, I just want to interject. Uh, that's, that is kind of an interesting kink to just want 15 year old boys to to squat you and bench press you. Is this kind of like Robert Crumb's thing where he like wanted <laughs> big legged women to give him piggyback rides? That's like his kink. Yeah. Sounds like it, huh? Yeah, yeah. But and also like but but the thing with Crumb was he wasn't he quite scrawny. So yes. this dude's mm. massive. Yeah. Right, right. So it's, that's, that's quite an interesting thing. It's it's not like a sub dom right, thing right. by the sounds yeah. of it. Yeah. No, it's it's something that much different and more weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so again uh, th- this guy managed to escape because the guy was uh, Kazaki was no longer covering the door and he mm-hmm. and he escaped. Um this one was heavier. This is like not in the in the in the crime but what happened as a result of it. Um this one young guy uh, was stalked um by Aki um, who was constantly asking him about his muscles? Where do you work out? You should squat my entire body weight, bloody body bar. And um, the lad ran away. Aki apparently chased him. He climbed over the fence to a train tracks and was electrocuted while he tried to escape, and he died. Oh shit! Yeah. So then Aki, um, who's rapidly becoming like very much a terrifying. So, because a lot of people don't know much about him, but he's kind of like a terrifying urban legend in many ways. He, he, his mm-hmm. name is whispered, and a lot of people don't even believe he he was real. Um, so, as a result of this, he went to court and was let off because there was no evidence that he'd threatened or even touched the guy. Mm-hmm. I think he was eighteen. This other one, mm-hmm. um, another time, um, he was uh, hanging around near a bus shelter where some um, teenagers were, were drinking cider and he started touching this teen girl's brother's muscles and they got into an argument. She was like, stop doing that. Stop doing that. And um, went home. And then Aki went to the house, allegedly pulled a gun and poked it through the letterbox <laughs> screaming, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. Now he was locked up for two years as a result of this, even though there was no evidence found of the gun Hmm. and there are some crazy prison stories uh, about him but we're not going to go into them Uh, suffice to say things like making someone climb through a chair just so that they can't fight back because they get (laughs) stuck in the middle of a chair um but when he was let out two years later um aki was given a, a very very unique sexual offenses order which banned him from loitering around parks hanging around schools 
and touching young men's muscles. He he mm. he was banned from touching touching young muscles. Men's muscles. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's he's kind of become a bit of a meme. People still know of him and with like good reason fear him. Like there was a recent documentary made about it and people were saying, oh, yeah, I saw him in so and so place and I saw him there and stuff like this. He's since had that sexual offenses order removed from him because apparently touching muscles isn't a sex crime. (laughs) (laughs) So so Aki's still alive. Yep. Aki's Aki's still about. Yeah. Is he still Um, in the same general area or did he move away? Apparently so. Yeah. Merseyside, Liverpool. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's just like a neighborhood thing. It's like I think like that's the same thing in a lot of places. Like in every neighborhood, just like yes, yeah, stay away from that house. That's that's where <laughs> yeah. this guy lives. This guy did this or that, and then like the urban legends grow out of that. Of like, well, I heard he did this. Well, I heard he did this. I saw him doing this, and it just grows and grows and grows from that. Exactly. Uh, and the people who aren't that muscular are probably going, yeah, yeah, you touch my muscles, like mate. Yeah, yeah, he totally he didn't touch your did. I, t- I totally <laughs> squatted him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that is crazy. Nice. Yeah. Very fun. There we go. All right, point. guys. Well, very good. I, I that was awesome. I appreciate it. those were both really, really good. <laughs> very uh, fun. Yeah, maybe uh, Aki is uh, is Spring Hill Jack. Like maybe it was him all along, <laughs> and he was when he was no. scratching people. He was actually trying to grope their muscles. Yeah. I like Spring Hill Jack. I don't like Aki. <laughs> yeah, cool, I, I'm man. with you. Spring Hill Jack's like a. He's like a cheeky <laughs> bastard, you know, like you said, you know, he's fun. I, I know. I know. I'm just trying to figure out the mystery. That's all. I'm just, you just tying this things, shit together. Yeah. Just, yeah. No. Throwing, all right. Sarah McLaughlin. Throw it in the bed. Seeing if Madonna sleeps <laughs> with it. Right. Roll it up the flagpole. See if anybody salutes it, you know? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> all right, gentlemen. Well, uh, I guess that wraps up uh, this episode of Legends. <sighs> I'd like to thank, uh, uh, my co-host John Wayne and I'd like to give extra special thanks to our guest Jonathan Butcher. Always a pleasure yeah. having you thanks, on. Dude. Thank you so Hell much. Yeah. Always sound when the episode reaches an end. It's awesome. Well, we'll have you back for sure. Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, my mom will insist upon it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, All right, well, guys. Very good then. <laughs> uh, I love you. Goodbye. Catch you soon. <laughs>